This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and get ready to take your Memorial Day desserts to the next level. Here to inspire us with her story and skills is the brains behind the Cupcake Collection Store's Mignon Francois. In our headlines, why can't some public employees receive Social Security? We'll share the reason, plus how that might affect your planning. We'll also throw out the Haven Lifeline to lucky listener James, who wants advice on structuring his investments. And then I'll smother you all in some sugar-filled trivia. And now, two guys who know how to make personal finance delicious, Joe. Oh, and oh, J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. Sit back and relax because you're about to have an hour of financial fun. We are here. We're ready to go. And Mr. OG across the table. Last sip of the, uh, what is that vodka? Before you launch into this beautiful Wednesday. Just uh, vodka neat. That's how I roll. <laughs> Hey, we're lucky he put it into a glass, Joe. We, we totally are. Instead of the brown bag yeah. over the gray goose, right? We gotta. That's not gray goose. I'm not. I wouldn't be ashamed of drinking gray goose from the bottle. It's the uh, pop off. Pop off. Smirnoff. Mad Dog 2020. That's coming out of the uh, brown bag. Is Mad Dog 2020 a vodka? I didn't know it was a vodka. No. No, it's so, just no, it's whole not. That's just a vague. It's just alcohol. It's just as generic as it, it's just alcohol. It is. It's flavored booze. <laughs> Alt liquor, I think, is what you it can really always is tell. Like. It's leading up to Memorial Day when number one we have Robert Niles on Monday. Number two we have a fantastic baker or chef on Wednesday, and number three, oh geez, got the brown bag, <laughs> ready to ready to celebrate the coming summer. Uh, and Yam Francois is here man her cupcakes just i i just i mm, i love cupcakes you guys you, about you cupcakes? can't even say words i can't i am there are very few times when i can't say words but all you got to say is cupcakes and i'm like oh glass of milk i'm good to go we got that we got a great headline but you know what before that i think uh new stackers especially you need to sit down for a moment as we share with you a little of uh, this this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they can also be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. Oh, God. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. U.S. Cellular, a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. 
Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. I suppose that that applies to veteran stackers as well. Everyone. I was going to ask, why just new stackers? I don't know. I panicked. All right. Too much pressure for a Wednesday. Your segue game is off. <laughs> Here we go. We got a great show. Let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from Investment News. This is written by Mary Beth Franklin. Mary Beth writes, why some public employees can't collect Social Security. Uh, Social Security's many rules, she says, are certainly perplexing, but none spark more anger and confusion than the offset rules that reduce or eliminate Social Security benefits for public employees who also receive a pension based on a job at which they didn't pay FICA payroll taxes. Welcome to the bizarre world of the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset rule. While, oh, gee, I am not going to go into that for the 0.3% of listeners in Stacky Benjamin's world who this applies to. By the way, have you have you ever had a client who this applied to? No Social Security? Yeah, it, it happens a lot in education space where they don't contribute to social security, but instead are mandated to contribute to their, like an additional pension amount, which is kind of like the teacher version of social security in some States. Uh, that can get pretty complicated too, because from a planning standpoint, you just kind of always assume that there's social security. And if you're not paying attention, if you're a planner and you're working with somebody who has a public service job or has been employed by public services for a long time, you have to get a, a social security statement from your client because you may be assuming, Hey, you're like everybody else. You're going to get social security. Oh, look, and you have a pension. Life is good. And then it gets really close to retirement to find out, Oh, you don't get social security. I only get this Oops. pension. Changes this cash flow a little bit, as they say. Yeah, slightly. Well, that's a lot of money over your retirement years. And the reason I yeah, bring that dollars. up yeah, the reason I bring that up is not not at all because of the fact that this affects everybody. What I bring it up for is exactly what you mentioned, OG, which is that if you've got a new job on the horizon, big statistics lately of a ton of people the last three years changing jobs, looking at new opportunities, doing new, exploring new careers. When you do that, you can't just look at what the salary is going to be. If you're taking right. on a new job and this seems like it's a fit and you don't have any social security benefit, you're going to need to know that for your financial plan. But it's also the same if it, you don't have disability coverage or you don't have life insurance coverage, whatever it might be. If it comes with a pension and you didn't even know it, you know, you might look at a company that has a pension, pays a little less than one that doesn't have a pension and go, uh, that's, that's not as good an offer. Maybe it is as good an offer. There's a lot of questions going on right now about Social Security and solvency and what does that look like? And, and there's some attitude, I think, that some people have, which is, give me my money. You know, I'm withholding, you know, 6.2% of my paycheck for Social Security. Give it to me. Don't, I don't need to give this to the government. I, I can manage it on my own. And yet, statistically, we know that that's not even the, in the ballpark of being accurate for the vast majority of people. And, and you're lucky that there is Social Security uh, to force you to basically save this six and a half percent or 6.2 percent your entire life, because if without it, you would not save this. So be careful what you wish for. I know that Social Security is far from perfect, but um, it's like they say, Social Security is the worst form of retirement planning, except for all the other ones. Right. I mean, that's a paraphrasing <laughs> of, you know, what uh, who was it? Uh, what's his name? You know, dude, smoke that cigars. one guy, the one guy, 1492 World War two. World he War was around 1492. Oh, now you can get it right? Now you know the Winston right Winston Churchill. Churchill. There you go. Yes. I just had to flex that, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> After the basement corrected you. I found a piece on this from uh, Matthew Zane at Zipia.com, the career expert, talking about some of the some of the benefits that you want to look for in a comprehensive benefit package and you want to dive into. You want to evaluate paid time off. That's a big one. How much work flexibility are you going to have? What is the retirement plan? How much match is there? To your point, OG, mm -hmm. is there a pension? The health insurance, as you know, health insurance can be all over the place. You might pay next to nothing for health insurance, and you might be paying a good portion of your salary back in to help cover your health insurance. Dental and vision, alternative health care options like an FSA or an HSA, 
life insurance, disability coverage, possibility of bonuses, some good stuff. Do you get a company car? Doug, Doug, Doug's El Camino is our company car here in the basement. Yeah. And everybody is using it. It's not like my company car. It's the company car. That's why we call it the company car. Sucks. A company car is there to be used. Hey, Joe, I don't want to put too fine a point on that list you just rattled off, but on PTO, if that's something that's important to you and you're also thinking about it in terms of compensation, I know some people consider how it accrues and whether or not, you know, how much you can carry over and how much can get paid out if you leave the company. If I'm not mistaken, companies have moved to unlimited flexible time off because that does not accrue and they do not have to pay that to you <laughs> when you that leave. Why? Yeah. I wonder why so many companies were going to that. I'm like, that's kind of cool. It also puts a little pressure on you, right? Yeah. To go, do I take time off? Do I not take time off? Whereas if a company says, oh yeah, we, you know, you get two weeks to start and then you get it, you know, another year or another week after five years or whatever it is. And that's the more traditional where if you don't use it, there's a dollar value to that time. Yeah. And when you leave, they've got to pay that out. That is not necessarily the case with unlimited PTO that companies have now. jokes on them though, because they'll end up with an unlimited paycheck on the, on the last, you'll just have a infinity paycheck. Well, I have unlimited vacation time and you owe it to me. <laughs> I'm just going on vacation for the rest of my career. Times five years. And the other thing is that study after study have shown that people are taking far less time off when it's unlimited than if they say they've got three weeks for the year, people usually find a way to use those three weeks. Not the case with unlimited. There are some other pieces here, which people don't think a lot about, like, you know, the company car thing, tuition assistance is, can be a yeah. big one. Employee discounts, not a big one, but a very interesting one that I know talking to tons of HR people, oh. HR people tell me like nobody takes advantage of the discounts that we get at, you know, places like Costco or the Fintern just let me know that he gets Bridgestone tires at cost. And of course, he just let me know that about three months after I bought new snow tires for the truck. That would have been really good to know, Finn Turn. Could have helped. A little earlier. Could have helped. Yeah, a lot. Those are expensive. Paid parental leave could be a big one. Flexible scheduling. But I like the last one on here. Severance packages. I dare somebody to say during their interview process. Yeah. So what's your severance package? Tell me like? about what happens when you want to fire me. <laughs> In about six to eight months. Because it's coming. <laughs> In about six to eight minutes. More like it. Yeah. We, of course, will dive even more into uh, comparing benefits in our newsletter, the 201, which is free, comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. It's a great curated list of deeper dives into the topics that we talk about. StackyBenjamins.com slash 201 gets you to the 201 sign-up page. Mignon Francois is just an amazing woman. Not only does she have one of the premier cupcake companies in the nation with locations in both Nashville and in New Orleans, the Cupcake Collection she was down to her last $5. I'm not going to spill that story. We're going to have her tell her amazing story. And of course, because it is the week leading up to Memorial Day, we always ask our celebrity chef that we invite on the show this week to share some best recipes to make the family outing, the picnic, the get together, the barbecue a little bit better. So Mignon today has also agreed to share some some cupcake recipes if you're not going to go to the cupcake collection or or order them from her. But before we get there, I think we have some uh, cupcake-related trivia, Doug. Sure do, Joe. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm somewhat of a baker myself. Since today's all about cupcakes, I've got just the thing to go with it. You may be thinking milk, but no, it's an ATM. Yep, that's today's perfectly paired trivia. In 2012, this company, founded by a former investment banker, opened its first cupcake ATM after two years of testing. The ATM held up to 350 of their signature red velvet cupcakes, making them a cupcake innovator. What C-Cup company was the first to create a cupcake ATM? I'll be back after I find the special ingredient for my brownies. It's stashed around here somewhere. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? 
You want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Stackers, I'm backless apron wearer and C-cup aficionado, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. We're talking about the perfect thing to go with cupcakes, you know, besides fish sauce, and ATM. This company, founded in 2005, created not only the first cupcake ATM, but also the first purpose-built cupcake bakery and the cupcake truck. They've never said the word cupcake so many times. Anyway, so what company founded by former investment banker Candace Nelson created the first cupcake ATM in 2012? It was none other than Sprinkles. And now, a woman who has innovated her way from $5 to just over $6 million with her company, The Cupcake Collection, Mignon Francois. And here she comes down to the basement. Mignon Francois is here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to tell your story to our stacker community. Things have not always been this good for you. I want to <laughs> open up this conversation kind of where you open up your new book, Mignon, which is there's a knock on your door and it's your neighbor and she's got like this great offer, but you're not happy about this great offer. Can you, can, can you share this story with everybody? Yes. My neighbor comes over. I'm sitting in my house doing the Dave Ramsey baby set plan in the back of my house with no electricity because we can't afford it. And we're running our house on a generator. And so I sit in the house in the dark um, or go away from the house all day to save up the gas in the generator so that when the children come home, they can have normalcy. I'm also at this time in my life filling the the bathtub with water so that my children can take baths. So oftentimes we're warming water over a fire in a pot and pouring that little bits at a time into the tub. And so I have no electricity, I have no running water, and I'm doing the Dave Ramsey baby step plan when I realize all I have is $5 and I haven't even fed the family for the week. When my neighbor knocks on the door and says, hey, I have a great idea. You should make cupcakes for all of my clients for the season and I will buy them from you. That sounds great. The problem is she doesn't know that 
I'm sitting in my house with no electricity and I only have five dollars. <laughs> so she sees the perplexity in my face and says, listen, I can't pass them all out at one time. So as you make them, I'll pay you. And, you know, sometimes the people mean that they'll pay you in 30 days or they'll pay you when they get an invoice or they'll pay you by Friday. And if I was going to take this deal, she was going to need to pay me when I gave her product, which was going to be today. Like, I, I need to get paid today. And so, okay, so what you're saying is you're going to pay me today. And she said, yes. And so I was like, okay, I'll take it. And I shut the door and I begin to have a come to Jesus moment with God. Like, God, why would you give me this opportunity when I only have $5? And God said, but I feed birds and they don't toil or store up in barns. So how much more will I do for you who looks like me? And I say, okay. And I test him to see if he's real. And I go around the corner to the Kroger and I buy everything that I could buy with that $5 and I turn it into 60 that night because like she said she would, she paid me. And so then I took the five back that I started with and I put that back just in case everything goes wrong. And I turned that into 600 by the end of the week. And I've been flipping that same money for 17 years to the tune of no debt. I own the house now where the cupcake collection lives. It was the same house that we were losing to foreclosure on the day that we opened the store. And I did it with no knowledge of the business. And what a lot of people don't know is that I didn't know how to bake, not even out of a box. When she (laughs) offered me this opportunity, it was because I had decided that I wanted to be out right and so when you when you decide that you want to get out of the situation that you're in you got to figure out what does out look like for you well out for me meant that I would be able to have electricity on a regular basis and I had been going around the neighborhood because Dave Ramsey was saying you could get out of debt by having a bake sale or a garage sale and my thought was well I guess all we can do is have a bake sale because we don't have anything we can sell because we sold everything we had just to get here to Nashville which as I'm sitting here talking to you about it, I was a gambler with my life. You true, you truly were. And I'm wondering, you're following the Dave Ramsey plan. Mm-hmm. You talk in your book about how you, you you're using the envelope system. And of course, there's only, there's five bucks put in an envelope at that time. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that point, though? How did you get to the point where there was just five bucks there? Yeah, so I was a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, as a stay-at-home mom, your job is to manage the resources of the finances of the family. Well, I had a husband who didn't feel like his priority was to bring me all of the money first and then let me part it out from there. So what he would do was give me whatever was left after he was done using it. So what I would have to do would then to be start stuffing cash and hiding money and collecting it over time to sort of build up enough in order to pay off anything. You you said your kids said red beans and rice again. again. <laughs> like you, you could hear them groan as you were making it. Yes. We're from New Orleans, so red beans and rice is a very inexpensive meal, and ours wasn't even going to have meat in it. It was just going to be vegetarian red beans and rice. Well, it made me laugh as I because I have a personal connection to red beans and rice. My father-in-law, who was my best friend when he was alive, just a wonderful man, and oh. uh, but he was a health addict. And, and he thought that red beans and rice was the cure for everything. So when my twins were like four, I would have to take them out to dinner after they went to Papa Dave's because he'd try to get them to eat red beans and rice every day. So my kids at least had the opportunity. Yours didn't. Yours had to suck down the red beans and rice. That's all they could do. Yeah, well, we're from New Orleans. So red beans and rice is not like a consolation prize or anything right, like that. It's kind of right, like, right. okay, but just not every day, mom. Right. right. It reminds me of the time growing up, we got, I don't know what happened. There was a salesman that came through and we had hot dogs and uh, they mistakenly bought too many hot dogs. So every day, 
we had macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, or we had rice and hot dogs, and we had there was hot dogs in everything we had. And I'm making that is so funny that you said hot dogs, though. I was gonna say the other thing we did have that I don't think I mentioned in the book is hot dogs, and that was because that my like to this day, like my children mostly will not eat hot dogs <laughs> because my son always tells this story of how we had a whole box of hot dogs that we got for free from like some rep or something like that at one point. And all we had to eat was hot dogs. So it was just like either hot dogs or red beans and rice. And he was like, I never want to see a hot dog again. And my daughters will not eat hot dogs. <laughs> and by the way, for everybody listening, obviously this is a difficult time in your life and I'm not making fun or making light yeah. of it, but it certainly is great that we can sit and laugh about it now. Right. Yeah, because definitely. like, like everything, and for people listening, you will get through this. If you're in a yeah. si similar situation, I mean, we're here to prove that you will get through this and someday you'll be laughing about it too. Before this, uh, a cupcake collection. And I just, I go to your website and I start like Pavlov's dog starts salivating. I just, <laughs> I just want to, if I was your next door neighbor, I think I'd weigh 700 pounds. Cause I'd be consuming all of your, I couldn't work. Guess for your what? You wouldn't gain any weight. Actually, you'd be like me and you'd lose 50 pounds eating them every day. You know why? Because we put a lot of love in our product and we believe uh, that if love conquers all, it has got to include calories. <laughs> that's 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 fabulous. Well, then I would want to go. Yeah, let's go. I'm I'm gonna send you my resume as soon as we're done. But 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 you said this wasn't the first business you'd started. You tried to start businesses before this yep. one. What made the cupcake collection stick where the other businesses had not? Because I was, A, sick and tired of being sick and tired. B, I was afraid of God. And I'll explain that part to you. But three, A, B, and three. <laughs> it was just that I had always started. It was finishing that I had a problem with. I would always start businesses and I think I would find fun in starting, but there was, you know, as soon as I would hit a rock, you know, or a hard place or hit a, a place where I had to go out and sell myself or, you know, be outgoing, I would quit. And so my problem was, is that I was a quitter. And the first thing I had to learn was to quit quitting. And the reason I was afraid of God was because I was being awakened every night at 317 exactly by really? a clock. Really? Mm -hmm. There was no alarm clock, but when I'd wake up, my eyes would pop open. It was 317. And I thought it was to go check the stove and the oven. And I found out that that's not what it was about, that God was trying to speak to me. And this was the only time I would be silent. So the first day that I came to say, okay, God, well, how do you hear your voice? And please don't talk though, because if I actually heard it, I might just pass out and not live or die right now. And, you know, so I decided to open up the Bible and go to chapter three and verse 17. And in that, that day, I got my first set of instructions. And so I was being awakened like this every night. And I would show up into my living room and sit on the sofa and open my Bible and just go through the whole Bible, starting at chapter three in any book and ride through until the sun would come up. One of the last verses I read was between Deuteronomy 30, chapter 19, and Joshua, I believe it was one and nine. And it said, I'm setting before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that your family can live. And if you do not turn to the left or to the right from anything that I've shared with you today, you will be prosperous and successful in everything that you do. And so the reason why I say I was afraid of God is because I had had God ideas before, not just good ideas. I had had God ideas before. And because I believed these were my ideas, you know, because we're so arrogant to believe that anything we come up with is ours anyway. At least that's my thought. God was saying to me, it was my idea in the first place, and I'm the one that gave it to you. So when you think that you're responsible for the success of it, you're not. I just need you to be consistent and show up to it every day. And so when when God was awakening me, and then he says, okay, now here it is. You've gotten everything. I had been writing feverishly in a journal every night until the sun would come up 
anything that will pop into my head because I learned scientifically ideas go away if you don't write them down. Have you ever had one of those ideas, Joe, that just like, oh, oh get home, I'm gonna write that down? Yes. Or I wake up in the middle of the night and I think, oh, that's fabulous, but I'll write it down tomorrow morning. And uh-huh. the next morning, I'm like, that idea was so good and it's gone. It's just like, completely what was gone. That? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I learned to write all the ideas down. And when he stopped waking me up, I had filled an entire journal book. And it was all the instructions that I was going to need to open up the cupcake collection and make it successful. You know, it's funny for entrepreneurs and people who are artists. Well, heck, people even in their everyday job, if we suffer from procrastination, I've been I've been reading Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, which I don't know, Mignon, if you've read this book. But he talks about in the middle chapters about how there's something spiritual going on and about how he said that uh, we have this ego that thinks that we're the one creating. And he said the magic happens when you realize that it's already there. You just got to wake up and bring it into existence. So it's funny how you and Stephen Pressfield talking off the same same song sheet. Yeah, because I believe that is so true. And I love that. I haven't read it, but I will go and get it today. Oh, you'll <laughs> like, love it. This person is speaking my language. Oh, he completely is. And, you know, so many of us procrastinate and he just breaks through that uh, mm-hmm. that procrastination. Let's talk about really a symbol for you to make sure that you were successful, because that day, that first week, you also put out a sign And I think that (laughs) I felt like that sign, even though it was for your neighborhood, it was really more for you. Like every time you passed it, it was this Mm -hmm. reminder. Tell me about the sign. Yeah, I put out the sign as soon as I made that six hundred dollars that bakery coming soon. I had my neighbor, one of my other neighbors had a printing company and he gave it to me for free because he was so excited about it. Listen, Germantown, Nashville was excited about the cupcake collection. So when I started this business, I didn't know how to bake, not even out of a box, but I practiced on them. So as I was learning recipes and trying things, I would go knock on their doors and say, hey, it's me again. (laughs) My family says this is good. Will you try this? And they were like, heck yeah, bring it on. And so I would feed them things and they wanted the world to experience it. So this neighbor ends up making me a sign to put on my porch. It's a little like three by three sign. It is not big at all, but it says bakery coming soon. And it was mine and bakery did not come soon. (laughs) It took me two years of working every day. Like it was a job before the story forever even opened. You talk about your neighbors. Uh, I read somewhere that your neighbors called your house, the lemon crack house. Is that true? (laughs) Yes, they called my house the lemon crack house because the first cupcake that I perfected was a lemon one dipped in glaze, which is what I was going to, um, I'm probably going to talk to you about that later on. And my house before I moved in had been a crack house in the neighborhood. As a matter of oh. fact, as we were cleaning up the house, my baby brought me something. He said, mommy, I brought you something. And it was a broken crack pipe. Oh man. Holy cow. Yeah. You have a wonderful chapter about your experience working in corporate America, because as your earlier businesses weren't working out, you went and applied for other jobs. Yes. You, you tried to get a job with FedEx. And by the way, talk about also, <laughs> also, you think you might have the job and your phone gets disconnected, so you can't take it. But yeah. that leads to this opportunity with AT&T. What did you learn through the AT&T experience? And then later on the Home Depot experience as you worked in corporate America? Oh, yeah. So I learned how good I was at sales. I didn't think I was a good salesperson, but I always had balloons on my chair. So if a challenge was set up, I would always win that challenge. And I ended up getting on the number one producing team in the building. But what I learned at AT AT&T was customer service. I learned the value of not leaving people waiting. And I think it even aggravates my children that are on my team members today when I say things like, why are you sending an email? Pick up the phone, call people. Why are you waiting? Do it right now. And they're like, 
You know, everything doesn't have to be done right now. But they tested us to see if you could tell how long you left somebody waiting in silence. So they have you close your eyes and just sit there. And when you felt like, you know, a minute had passed, raise your hand. And some of us were opening our eyes 10 seconds in. Really? <laughs> that soon? Really you really don't realize how long you're leaving people waiting. So I learned customer service at AT&T and that I was a really good salesperson. At Home Depot, I learned how to put a product together. So I became the on-staff writer and I did all the ghostwriting for the founders. And I, I created a paper that was internally distributed. So I became the head reporter for all the in-store reporters. So I learned how to market. I learned how to write commercially. Uh, I had a degree in this, but you know, you have to actually have experience. So yeah. in the beginning stages of my business, it was me who was writing all the publicity, who was make who was taking the pictures of all the product and posting those on the website because every stupid thing you've ever had to do is taking you from where you are to where you want to be. Do you recommend going through the corporate America route before somebody tries to go off on their own? I think a lot of people will end up in corporate America somewhere. I don't think that there's anything wrong per se with corporate America. Let me tell you why. My mother is an amazing administrator. She's 75 years old. I was laughing because she said, you know, Mignon, I learned something today. She's like, I'm still learning every day. But my cousin called her on the phone and said, Auntie, I'm ready to start my business. I need you to do this or that. And my mother's never owned a business in her life. But she has opened up enough businesses for her children and ran other people's businesses that she knows really everything it takes to open up a business correctly and how to run it properly. I think you still execute entrepreneurial spirit, even if you're working yeah. at a corporate job. I believe just your client is that one customer, whatever company that you're working for. So I believe everybody is an entrepreneur. It's just that those people are in the business of their own labor. And then you also got your degree at that time. Do you recommend the college path? Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that's the way you also have to go either. Because again, once you get your degree, you've got to go to what I call the school of hard knocks right, in right. order to apply the science that you learn. Yeah. So I, I don't think that everybody has to also go to school because I believe I got, yes, I got my bachelor's degree from an accredited university, but I got my master's from the school of hard knocks. You sure did. And by the way, Speaking of your mom, just a wonderful chapter plus on your mom and on Thank the wealth you. that she brought to your family, like mm -hmm. struggling with money, but still rich in so many different ways and all the so stuff she taught ways. you. There's yeah. so many, so many lessons there. Mm -hmm. What would you say with the cupcake collection has been the biggest aha you've had about business and good business and serving people? Mm, I think the biggest aha moment I've had with the Cupcake Collection is all you have is all you need to get you from where you are to where you want to be. I was waiting in those two years to get enough equipment, to have enough money, to find the right storefront and all of those things to open up my business when all along everything was already available inside of my house. I opened that store with a dorm size refrigerator and a KitchenAid mixer because that's what I had and that's what could pass the health inspection. All along, I thought I needed to have a commercial size refrigerator. I needed all these commercial mixers. Yes, I was going to need those things one day, but I didn't need them on day one. We always let that get in our way. I think about young podcasters that I've mentored and they're like, so what microphone you use? I'm like, it's not about the microphone. Yeah. But I will say this though, Mignon. <laughs> KitchenAid mixers, those are going to be around like, you know, I'm, we'll be long gone. They'll be talking about it's like they're dinosaurs, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and about how when humans were around and they'll be like, but they had these, those KitchenAid mixers, <laughs> those last forever. Yes. I was so excited when I was able to first buy my first KitchenAid mixer because I was mixing by hand like with a handheld yeah. mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even now my handheld mixers are KitchenAid's. Well, and KitchenAid, if you want to sponsor the show or, <laughs> right. or, or sponsor, <laughs> just give us a call because we're, we're clearly fans we of the product. We would love that. <laughs> I know. 
it is Memorial Day week here, yes. and a lot of people are taking the family out to the park. They're getting together with loved ones. Nothing better to bring them than cupcakes. So we yes. will have a link, by the way, if people want to order from the Cupcake Collection and talk about this interview and talk about your book with family. But if they can't or if they want to give give cupcakes a try, Mignon, mm-hmm. can you give our stackers a little help with maybe making it taste better? Yes. So if you're going to be taking cupcakes out to the picnic, right, or to to the cookout, sometimes, like, especially during this holiday week, it begins to get hot outside for the very first time. So I would say take yourself a cooler with you, but don't pack it down with ice. Take yourself a cooler and get yourselves one of those pre packed ice packs that sort of screw into the lid yeah, and yeah, only yeah. put one of those inside so that the cooler is cool so that your product doesn't melt. That's one way that I would want to say to have a good cupcake experience because when you've slaved in the kitchen over your cupcakes and making them, you definitely don't want them to melt in the sun. And then another thing that I would say is make them melt proof. One of the things you can do instead of trying to put a traditional icing on the top of your cupcake, dip them in a a confectioner sugar and sort of water mixture and cover the whole cupcake in it. It's going to seal the cupcake, but also give you something that's not going to melt and give you just enough sweetness to add to your cupcake. And then the last thing that I would say that would make, well, it won't be the last thing. The third thing I would say that can make your cupcakes better is when you go out and get a box mix, try the mix-ins that they suggest. One of the best oh. things that I've done is to add an extra egg besides the one that they call for. Or if I'm trying to save some calories, I would exchange the oil for applesauce. That's one way that you can exchange some of the fat out of a cake and still make it super moist. But the final thing that I would say that can make your cupcakes better is to visit the cupcakecollection.com and let us just ship them to you. <laughs> that is, just press the easy button, stackers. Just press the easy button. You know, we'll have a link to that and we'll have a link to the book in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Mignon, have a great Memorial Day. Thank you so much for for sharing your story. It's a great, it's it's such a great story. And I know you helped a lot of people today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope that they will visit amazon.com and pick up my new book. It's called Made From Scratch, Finding Success Without a Recipe. Or then come on over to Instagram at mignon.francois and tell me what they thought about it. Hey, this is Jen Pilcher, Navy spouse of 23 years. And when I'm not helping military spouses connect in our digital community, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Mignon. What a, what a story, OG. And it just shows again, when you think that you can't do something, you're probably right. But if you think that you can, even if you're down to your last five bucks, no electricity, using a generator just when the kids are home, $5 and what she's turned it into. Pretty impressive. If you can't get inspired by that, I don't know what it's going to take, you know, and we get notes from people all the time that they're struggling. They're afraid to open up a Roth IRA or they're worried about being able to open a savings account. Not sure if they can increase their savings by X amount of money per month. You know, Mignon shows that those things are pretty easy compared to what she went through. Mm -hmm. And she made it happen. Wonderful lady. Pretty sweet. And super happy to help her tell her story. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's greatest questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, OG, they put what you value first. What cupcakes do you value most? Well, I don't like frosting, so I take any oh, kind of cake. One star. So with you. So take with the you frosting and scoop it right off into the garbage disposal. So wrong. With a spoon. It's all about the frosting. All of it? Like, do you even like just a little bit, just for a little bit of extra if, moisture? If there is, I won't be obsessive compulsive about it, but I will scrape it down. In, you know, if there happens to be a drop left, it's fine. But yeah. Okay. When we make cupcakes at home or when Mrs. OG does, she'll make those little mini ones, like a mini cupcake. Have you seen the you know, mini cupcake tin? We don't even bother putting frosting on them because they're do like Do you know puppets. what a cupcake without frosting is called, OG? Cake. It's called a muffin. <laughs> you're making muffins is what you're doing. That's right. No, you're not making cupcakes. Chocolate cake. It's chocolate cake. Whatever. It's a chocolate muffin. That's no. what you're having. 
Be that as it may, it's delicious. It goes well with OG's muffin top. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's your loved ones in your time and a muffin or two. It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Love what they do at Haven Life because they have cupcakes with all the frosting, the delicious frosting. Their prices are affordable. All policies issued by the parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. And as frosting on this deal, you don't have to wait for several weeks for a decision. Really lovely customer support. How about that? Nice. We want sprinkles on it too. Uh, robust online life insurance calculators for people who aren't sure what they're going to need. That's the sprinkles. You want a cherry on top? Uh, prices are affordable. How about that? Wow. Yes. It's amazing. That's incredible, Joe. You just painted a picture <laughs> with words and cupcakes and online cupcake-flavored products. picture. It's amazing. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to a guy I am 90% sure has been a longtime listener all the way from the UK, James. How you doing, James? Good afternoon, gentlemen and Douglas. I'm calling from the UK with a question that I hope you can help me with. But firstly, a little background. In the UK before 2015, 75% of your retirement savings had to be spent on an annuity, which explains why our insurance companies have such nice buildings. But it means that we are relative newcomers to structuring our investments in retirement. Would you and OC, the other chap, let me have your thoughts on how to structure your retirement funds? assuming no annuities, income funds, or other assets outside of equities. For example, I'm thinking of two years in cash, two years in a 60-40 fund, and the rest in 100% equities to allow me to ride out most market downturns and also benefit from long-term growth. Obviously, everyone's ability to deal with market volatility is different, but I'd like your general views here, please. Your advice is most appreciated and will, as is customary, be largely ignored and I will invest everything in gold, crypto, and timeshares. <laughs> For the free T-shirt, I understand that Douglas covets one of these, but I don't think he needs one, as the last time I saw him in London many years ago, he gave me a cup filled with one-pound coins. No idea what that was about, but if you do need to do something with the voucher, please donate it to your favourite charity or auction it off. Thank you both. Okay. Joe, I'm going to fire me right now and hire this guy. He is amazing. <laughs> This dude is incredible. And he might have been the guy that I gave all that money to because this is how that's how he spoke. He was so eloquent. We do a UK meetup. We gotta call OG the OC. We gotta the call OC. Him OC. <laughs> other chap. The other champ. It's fabulous. Yeah. Fantastic. I, cool. I love gentlemen and Doug. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Douglas. That's that's good. Uh uh, so structuring your portfolio, OG. It's interesting that he brings up the annuity today and the fact that. You know, the Social Security truly is like an annuity for Americans. So our headline today, yeah. James, is kind of about the American equivalent of that. But now that uh, he's responsible for a lot of his own retirement, uh, let's walk him through structuring it. Which is way better, by the way. Being in controls is way better. I think as you look at from an investment time horizon standpoint, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they assume that when you get to retirement, you got to be conservative. The reality is, is that you need some money the first year that you retire and the second year and the third year and so on and so forth. But you also need money available when you're 30 years into retirement or your spouse is. And statistically, there's a pretty good chance that a non-smoking couple who's 65, one of those people is going to live to be 92. So you've got almost a, a, a one in four chance of, of one person being alive still 30 years in the future almost. So you need to have an income that continues to rise with inflation. And anything that you put that's conservative, cash or fixed income, is not going to increase with inflation over time. And you don't really feel the effects. I mean, we have in the last maybe two years or so, we've had a sensation of what inflation feels like. But inflation overall, uh, for a long period of time, does it's hard to get your fingers on what that's like. Cause you know, a dollar turns into a dollar three and you go, eh, whatever. And turns into a dollar six and you're like, eh, whatever. But it's the fact that over 25 years or 30 years, that dollar turns to $2 and 50 cents, you know, through inflation, that purchasing power risk is the biggest thing. So the vast majority of your money needs to be invested in things that have the opportunity to beat inflation. The only thing that beats inflation over long periods of time is the ownership of companies lending to companies or lending to governments. 
just doesn't do that. So you need to have money to sustain any market declines so that you don't have to pull money out while the market's going down. We advocate between two and three years worth of spending in something that's liquid like cash or fixed income, you know, cash or bonds. You can go as long as five years, but I wouldn't go as few uh, fewer than two from an emergency fund cash position in your portfolio, two years worth of distributions. So just kind of working this out, let's say that you had a million dollars and you were going to draw $40,000 a year. That was going to be your spending plan. And you want to increase that, that 40,000 with inflation every year. Between 80,000 and $200,000 should be in something very liquid and very safe and secure. Cash, money market, CDs, government bonds, something like that. So so two years of the 40,000 up to five years of the 40,000. The rest of the portfolio, that other 800K or 900K, all invested in a diversified portfolio of companies. That's that simple. Draw from that eight or 900,000 every single month, unless your portfolio goes down a certain amount. You get to pick that number. Maybe it's 20%. Whereupon you draw from the cash bucket, the emergency bucket, until that's drawn out. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to prevent distributions from your portfolio while it's going down. So you retire in January of 2008. By the end of 2008, the market's down 30%. You don't want to keep drawing from your, your stock account. You want to just go, I, I'm going to let it sit there and just recover. And I don't know how long it's going to be, but I've got this bucket of cash that I can live on for five years or three years and not have to worry about touching my stock portfolio. So it'll do its thing. Statistically, that all works out over different time periods that we've tested it. So three years of spending in something secure, the rest of it invested in equities, off you go. And we've uh, mentioned before, the only problem with that portfolio is not the portfolio. It's you. I don't mean you specifically, James. I mean that that does create a roller coaster when the market goes up, periods of euphoria, which are, you shouldn't think you're a genius. And on the other side, periods of uh, just these dismal bottom of the barrel feelings, which you've got to be able to ward off without touching your money and making big changes. That's the hard part. I mean, the market's gone down in the last 50 years, three times more than 50%. And yet over that 50 year period, a $100,000 investment is worth $22 million in a diversified stock portfolio. I think that uh, you can just drop the mic. Show's over, people. There it is. So the key isn't the minus 50s. The key is stay invested during the minus 50s. The problem is, is that how do you stay invested during the minus 50s if you're taking money out? Solve that by having the emergency bucket two to three years, maybe four, maybe five which gives you the time frame to say, I can just live my life, keep doing my thing and let this money compound and get back to, you know, being able to draw from it after whatever treacherous, you know, market fluctuations happen. It's that simple. James, thank you so much for your question. Great to hear from you. If you've got a question for OG and would also like Stacky Benjamin's greatest money show on earth, piece of swag set your way. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail. Super easy to leave us a voicemail and we'll answer your question. Great to hear from our friends around the world. It's so cool, OG, when we jump on uh, Instagram, we have a freaking person with us on Instagram who's in Norway. We have uh, another fan who's in Latvia who joins us fairly often we have a couple of great listeners in India that I hear from fairly often. It's really cool to hear people around the, the U.S., not just stacking Benjamin, stacking whatever denomination they're trying don't, to stack. Don't forget our three listeners in Liechtenstein. Uh, all, all three. We got all three of them. As Doug has said before, half the population of Liechtenstein. That's our calling card that they listen to our show. Hey, on the community calendar, we, we not only have the podcast, we, of course, have a robust YouTube channel where we have YouTube shorts. We have uh, extended plays of our interviews. You can watch Mignon and I discuss what we talked about here today. If you're somebody who finds yourself on YouTube a lot, subscribe to us there, youtube.com slash stacking Benjamins. You want all the places where you can 
keep up with us, just head to our welcome guide, stackybenjamins.com slash welcome. We'll give you all the places where you can find us and get great money help. Of course, if you're not here for that type of help, you seriously need a better team in your corner. You feel like you're not making the right decisions. You are constantly just second guessing yourself. Well, you know, it's time to stop that and put a better foot forward. OG and his team are taking clients. So if you head to stackybenjamins.com slash OG, that'll be a link to his calendar. You'll be able to set up a meeting with OG and his team and see how his team can help your team make better decisions in the future. All right. That is it for today. Another day of a lot of takeaways. Doug, what should we have learned from this show? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Mignon and create your own recipe for success. Second, new job opportunity on the horizon? Take some advice from our headline and evaluate the total package and not just your salary. But the big lesson? Only some people are fans of anchovies and brownies. My special ingredient is wasted on people with unsophisticated palates. Thanks to Mignon Francois for joining us today. You can find her new book, Made from Scratch, Finding Success Without a Recipe, wherever books are sold. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. I love this next clip, guys. I want to play you because it combines two things. It combines, first of all, just some of the idiotic stuff you see people with too much time on their hands and not enough thinking about critical matters, too much time to think about stuff that is totally irrelevant. And news organizations sometimes creativity for handling those incoming notes that, that people make, the criticism that makes you roll your eyes. This is a, one of the... Well, uh, best known TV stations in the United States. This is from uh, WGN Morning News. 
A strongly worded email from Nick to address. He says, first, I'm a big fan of WGN News, accurate, professional, and timely. What I am not a fan of is anchors saying thank you to every reporter after every report. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Oh, the, brother. Uh, <laughs> please stop thanking reporters. Yeah. It's their job. Yeah, it is their job. Just move on and start reading the next right. story. We as viewers cannot care if yeah. anchors feel the need to be over polite to field reporters. Well, Nick, we agree and we fix the problem. That's the latest live from Wrigley. Nancy Liu, WGN News. Nancy, f you parishioners at his. Kelly Davis, WGN News. Kelly, you Chicago police. They're live all morning long from Lollapalooza here in Grant Park. All right, Dean, you. That does it for us this morning. Thanks so much. We have a strongly worded. WGN played that on air. We fixed it. Well done. Wasn't that a whole gag that I don't remember what show it was? Was it Jimmy Fallon or somebody did like unnecessary bleeps? And it made it. We've done it way before. funnier. I remember we yeah. did that a few years ago, where we just bleeped out random words throughout a show, <laughs> and it was great. Makes it great. It's fantastic and unfortunate of what our brain fills in on the bleeps. <laughs> Statistically, all that works out. The end. <laughs> Ta da! Da 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 da. <laughs> Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.